Chapter Eleven of the Country Beyond. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. The Country Beyond by James Oliver Curwood. Chapter Eleven. Days of new hope and gladness followed in the camp of Yellow Bird and Slim Buck. It was as if McKay, after a long absence, had come back to his own people. The tenderness of mother and sister lay warm in Yellow Bird's breast. Slim Buck loved him as a brother. The wrinkled faces of the old softened when he came near and spoke to them. Little children followed him, and at dusk and dawn Sun Cloud held up her mouth to be kissed. For the first time in years McKay felt as if he had found home. The Northland Indian summer held the world in its drowsy arms, and the sun-filled days and the starry nights seemed overflowing with the promise of all time. Each day he put off his going until tomorrow, and each day Slim Buck urged him to remain with them always. But in Yellow Bird's eyes was a strange, quiet mystery, and she did not urge. Each day and night she was watching and waiting. And at last that for which she watched and waited came to pass. It was night, a dark, still night with a creeping restlessness in it. This restlessness was like the ghostly pulse of a great living body, still for a time, then moving, hiding, whispering between the clouds in the sky and the deeper-shadowed earth below. A night of uneasiness, of unseen forces chained and stifled, of impending doubt and oppressive lifelessness. There was no wind, yet under the stars, gray masses of cloud sped as if in flight. There was no breeze in the treetops, yet they whispered and sighed. In the strange spell of this midnight, Heavy with its unrest, the wilderness lay half asleep, half awake, with the mysterious stillness of death enshrouding it. At the edge of the white sands of Wollaston, whose broad water was like oil tonight, stood the tepees of Yellow Bird's people. Smoke blackened and seasoned by wind and rain, they were dark blotches sentineling the shore of the big lake. Behind them, beyond the willows, were the Indian dogs. From them came an occasional whine, a deep sigh, the snapping of a jaw, and in the gloom their bodies moved restlessly. In the tepees was the spell of this same unrest. Sleep was never quite sure of itself. Men, women, and little children twisted and rolled, or lay awake, and weird and distorted shapes and fancies came in dreams. In her teepee, Yellow Bird lay with her eyes wide open, staring at the gray blur of the smoke hole above. Her husband was asleep. Sun Cloud, tossing on her blankets, had flung one of her long braids so that it lay across her mother's breast. Yellow Bird's slim fingers played with its silken strands as she looked straight up into nothingness. Wide awake, she was thinking, thinking as Slim Buck would never be able to think, 
back to the days when a white woman had been her goddess, and when a little white boy, the woman's son, had called Yellowbird my fairy. In the gloom, with foreboding eating at her heart, Yellowbird's red lips parted in a smile as those days came back to her, for they were pleasing days to think about. But after that the years sped swiftly in her mind until the day when the little boy, a man grown, came to save her tribe and her own life and the life of Sun Cloud, and of Slim Buck, her husband. Since then prosperity and happiness had been her lot. The spirits had been good. They had not let her grow old, but had kept her still beautiful. And Sun Cloud, her little daughter, was beautiful, and Slim Buck was more than ever her god among men, and her people were happy. And all this she owed to the man who was sleeping under the gloom of the sky outside, the hunted man, the outlaw, the little boy grown up, Jolly Roger McKay. As she listened and stared up at the smoke hole, strange spirits were whispering to her, and Yellowbird's blood ran a little faster, and her eyes grew bigger and brighter in the darkness. They seemed to be accusing her. They told her it was because of her that Roger McKay had come in that winter of starvation and death, and had robbed and almost killed that she and Slim Buck and Little Sun Cloud might live. That was the beginning, and the thrill of it had got into the blood of Nikawa, her little white brother grown up. And now he was out there, alone with his dog in the night, and the red-coated avengers of the law were hunting him. They wanted him for many things, but chiefly for the killing of a man. Yellowbird sat up, her little hands clenched about the thick braid of Sun Cloud's hair. She had conjured with the spirits, and had let the soul go out of her body that she might learn the future for Nikawa, her white brother. And they had told her that Roger McKay had done right to think of killing. Their voices had whispered to her that he would not suffer more than he had already suffered, and that in the country beyond he would find Nada, the white girl, and happiness and peace. Yellowbird did not disbelieve. Her faith was illimitable. The spirits would not lie. But the unrest of the night was eating at her heart. She tried to lift herself to the whisperings above the teepee top. But they were unintelligible, like many voices mingling, and with them came a dull fear into her soul. She put out a hand as if to rouse Slim Buck. Then she drew it back and placed Sun Cloud's braid away from her. She rose to her feet so quietly that even in their restlessness they did not fully awake. Through the teepee door she went and stood up straight in the night as if now she might hear more clearly and understand. For a space she breathed in the oppressive something that was in the air and her eyes went east and west for a sign of storm. But there was no threat of storm. The clouds were drifting slowly and softly, with starlight breaking through their rifts, and there was no moan of thunder or wail of wind far away. Her heart, for a little, 
seemed to stop its beating, and her hands clasped tightly at her breast. She began to understand, and a strange thrill crept into her. The spirits had put a great burden upon the night so that it might drive sleep from her eyes. They were warning her. They were telling her of danger, approaching swiftly, almost impending. And it was peril for the white man who was sleeping somewhere near. Swiftly she began seeking for him, her naked little brown feet making no sound in the soft white sands of Wollaston. And as she sought, the clouds thinned out above, and the stars shone through more clearly, as if to make easier for her the quest in the gloom. Where he had made his bed of blankets in the sand, close beside a flat mass of water-washed sandstone, Jolly Roger lay half asleep. Peter was wide awake. His eyes gleamed brightly and watchfully. His lank and bony body was tense and alert. He did not whine or snap his jaws, though he heard the Indian dogs occasionally doing so. The comradeship of a fugitive, ever on the watch for his fellow men, had made him silent and velvet-footed, and had sharpened his senses to the keenness of knives. He, too, felt the impelling force of an approaching menace in this night of stillness and mystery, and he watched closely the restless movements of his master's body, and listened with burning eyes to the name which he had spoken three times in the last five minutes of his sleep. It was Nada's name, and as Jolly Roger cried it out softly in the old way, as if Nada was standing before them, he reached out, and his hand struck the sandstone rock. His eyes opened, and slowly he sat up. The sky had cleared of clouds, and there was starlight, and in that starlight Jolly Roger saw a figure standing near him in the sand. At first he thought it was Sun Cloud, for Peter stood with his head raised to her. Then he saw it was Yellow Bird, with her beautiful eyes looking at him steadily and strangely as he awakened. He got upon his feet and went to her, and took one of her hands. It was cold. He felt the shiver that ran through her slim body, and suddenly her eyes swept from him out into the night. Listen, Mikawa. Her fingers tightened in his hand. For a space he could hear the beating of her heart. 